Welcome to the In A Word podcast. This is episode 10, Subtract. In A Word is a newsletter that cultivates thoughtfulness one word at a time. Each issue is themed around one word, and you're listening to its companion podcast. I'm JC Verdicchio, the writer and curator of that newsletter. In this episode, we're exploring the word subtract. I wrote two things for this word, one an essay about what I'm giving up for Lent this year, and two a poem about wanting to lose five pounds. So let's start with the essay called Cardboard Graveyard. A cardboard graveyard towers behind me as I write this. The tiny boxes delivered face oils and books and hair bows, the large ones a toddler potty, leopard mules, a new doll for Betsy. I've been stockpiling them here in my office to reuse, where they've become a monument to consumerism. Kind of like when artists make sculptures out of garbage, except my pile is decidedly not on display. Around Black Friday, I started letting sales boss me around. I bought some things I'd wanted for a long time, some things that only made sense to stock up on while they were on sale. But once I flipped my mindset to being in the market, I became a fish on the line for every sale. The marketing funnels swallowed me whole. I didn't do any real financial damage, but I did start to feel fatigued by my new part-time job of scouring websites and shipping off returns. Time I'd meant to spend industriously evaporated into the ether of commerce. Online or off, I am not a speedy shopper. I spend days tinkering with an online cart and then return half of what I buy. I've bought and returned three different bags in the last couple months while struggling daily with the broken zipper on mine. In addition to the hours spent on spending, my conscience is gnawing at me about the hidden costs of shipping, the working conditions of warehouses, climbing global temperatures, etc. I'm not beating myself up about it. After all, I'm just one little person with some Christmas money in my pocket sucked into the vortex of modern capitalism. We've all been there. I am relieved, though, that Lent begins tomorrow, a season marked by self-denial. My self needs to be denied for my soul's sake. I didn't always observe Lent. I remember feeling smug about it when I first heard a Catholic classmate in middle school talk about giving up chocolate. I could have Jesus and chocolate, thank you very much. No need to wait for Easter morning to enjoy those Cadbury eggs, insofar as their gloppy innards can actually be enjoyed. My theology was right. Giving something up for Lent isn't about proving yourself worthy or earning Easter. The whole thesis of the Christian faith is that we could not possibly earn what God freely gave. I don't pressure myself to fast during Lent, but if something presents itself, I pay attention. 
between checking my Poshmark app first thing each morning and ordering Betsy a pair of navy leggings for next winter, only to forget and order another pair of navy leggings from a different website, you could say online shopping presented itself. I felt a bolt of both relief and dread the moment the thought hit me. Then I bought some stuff in my Amazon cart. The goal of fasting is not self-flagellation, but it's not self-mastery either. A change meant to turn me towards God can easily devolve into a self-improvement project or strength challenge. The gain is not seeing how strong we are when tested, but how strong God is when we're weakest. I think often of the moment when Eve takes the fruit in her hands, glowing with false promise. You will be like gods. I remember it when I try to control people's perception of me, when I hoard duplicates of my favorite face masks and snacks, when I am loath to ask for help. You will be like gods, shimmers still, a promise ultimately as empty as my pile of boxes. Yet I buy it every day in ways big and small, with my dollars and with my mind. It's so appealing to shrink God's vision of the good life into a funhouse mirror version for the illusion of control. Lent can feel so austere after hopping from feast to feast, Thanksgiving to Christmas to Valentine's Day to Fat Tuesday. In contrast to the mirage of self-sufficiency propagated by consumption, Lent is refreshing in its blunt truth about human weakness and mortality. Lent invites us to put to death, even briefly, the distractions we use to stave off death and the fear of it. A fast is a small act of resistance against the voice that says, I am my own God. A whisper back that says, no, I'm not. Here's the poem, Gravity. I want to lose five pounds, to fit into those jeans from then. I forget that I wanted to lose five pounds then, too. I see myself then, arms protectively across my middle, and I wonder what else she's hiding. What brilliance, what kindness, what creativity. What is lost in the eclipse of her self-consciousness? I want to hold her taut, angular cheeks in my palms, show her that shrinking is not the key to an expansive life, that gravity's force on her frame cannot measure the weight of her worth. Meet me back in your inbox to explore the rest of the collection We're talking four-day work weeks, parodies of minimalism, tax deductions, and so much more. It's a great balance of thought-provoking, poignant, funny. It's a great collection. I loved putting it together for you. In particular, I want to draw your attention. My friend Erin Moon has written an incredible Lent guide called Every Broken Thing. 
So if you are looking for something structured to do over the course of Lent, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, this guide is based in Ecclesiastes, which is a perfect fit for Lent. And I am really looking forward to Aaron guiding me through it. And I hope that you will join me. And if you're new to Lent, if that feels like a lot, she also made a Lent primer. I don't, I never know if that's primer or primer, but one of those, but it, it's it's going to give you kind of the basic overview of what Lent is historically, different ways you can participate. So it, that's that's included with the guide. So don't be intimidated if you're not familiar with the liturgical practice. And if you do get the guide and want to dialogue about it, my email inbox is always open. My DMs are open. I would love to hear what your takeaways are from it. So Speaking of my inboxes being open, I would also love to know what the word subtract calls to mind for you. So send me an email, send me a DM. I'm at jcverdigio on Instagram, and I would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed this issue, please share it. Uh, it means the world to me. You can forward the email to a friend. You can share it on social media. I always recommend just taking a screenshot of a part of the newsletter that you really liked and share it in an Instagram story. That's a very straightforward, great way to do it. And I really appreciate any way that you choose to share it because word of mouth is the best way for people to find in a word and to join us in cultivating thoughtfulness one word at a time. As always, we'll close with a benediction. May we subtract the superfluous to multiply the meaningful. Thanks for listening.